everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash and we have a very packed show today. Um, after uh, last, the week before last show not being uh, full of significant news, we have plenty to talk about. So um, before we do, I would like to introduce my co-podcasters, Nat. Hello. And Jimin. J comes before in in the alphabet. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, let's get started. Um, before we get into the heavy K-pop news, let's talk about what we've been listening to. I'll go first since um, mine is pretty simple. I've been listening to Little Mix and I've been listening to some remix uh, remixes of their music on YouTube that people take and add like live band instrumentals to and it slaps. And also there's a remix that someone did with the song Sweet Melody and they added raps by um Meg the Stallion, uh Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj and that that's it's fire. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I guess I'll go. Um I've been listening to ironically like uh theme songs <laughs> to shows and stuff. Earlier, I was, like, really stuck on the Flintstones theme song. I don't know why, like, you know what? I do know why. I was watching a YouTube channel, this guy who does music theory, um, or he talks, not music theory, but he talks about music in general. And, um, yeah, he had me basically feeling a little bit nostalgic. So I was listening to the Flintstones theme song as well as the Proud Family theme song. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, please don't judge me. But yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Um, I've been listening to like a lot of everything. Uh, Western music. I've been listening to a lot of Whitney, a lot of, uh, Little Mix. I actually have like playlist, like best of playlists for all my favorite artists. So sometimes I'll do like Girls Aloud. I'll do, uh, The Saturdays. I have one for Little Mix. I have one for Got7. I have one for Shinwa. Uh, so I've been sort of just listening to those and I have been using the like Apple music station a lot as well too. So that just sort of, I guess, goes off of whatever I've been listening to on my own and it sort of ha- like plays music that's similar to those artists. Uh, and that's like a really good way to discover artists. So I've been doing that on Apple music and then I just been watching like a lot of um, like K-pop MVs, uh, sort of for like the comebacks and stuff like that. Uh, I would say like in terms of albums, I've been listening to most would probably be Shinies, Don't Call Me. And I've been listening to um, GOT7's Die a lot more as well too. So those will, would be like the, the ones that I've been sort of on the most lately. But that's it, yeah. Yeah, we actually just did an album review on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, or, well, it'll be going up on Patreon for Shinies Don't Call Me album. So be sure to look out for that. It's actually 
a really good album. So I'm Fantastic. Uh, glad to hear that Nat is standing legends. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cool. What's next, Ash? Let's talk about comebacks. So we have a long list of comebacks and debuts on people that have already come back and people that have yet to come back. Uh, we have Tribe, which is having a comeback and or debut. I'm going to keep uh, it real, though. I thought I just saw an article that they were disbanding or something. No. Am I thinking of the wrong group? It's a, there are a lot of groups that have actually disbanded recently because of the whole ro- corona thing. Um, uh-huh. You know, cutting into their stuff. But Tribe is a group that is actually like just debuted. Um, like this month, I believe, or like last month. Let me see. Hold on. I have to go into K-pop profiles. Uh, I know they actually did debut because their song already came out. I just haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Uh, so they debuted on February 17th. And they're from um, Lionheart, which is a group that's co-produced with Shin Sedong. Who's like, um, he's like a producer, right? Like a writer or something like that. He's like really popular in, in Korea. So that's sort of given them a lot of attention. And one of the members is like um, Kwan Yuri from Girls' Generation. It's her, it's her cousin. Uh, so, and he, Shinsen, um, is, maybe this is not the same person. Oh no, it is the same person. So he also did, um, he produced and arranged Momoland's Boom Boom. And he also was one who debuted EXID. So he, you know, is pretty well known in the industry. And um, this is the new group that he's debuted. Tribe or Tree B. (laughs) I bet you something like Tree B, you know. Let me. (laughs) (laughs) Tree B. I like that. Like, uh... You know what? It could actually be Tribe though. Yeah, I feel like well, because of Korean pronunciation. Someone. Korean pronunciations, maybe, too. Tribe, right? Because it's Tula. EB? Wait, where's the. I don't see the Hangul name, so. Oh, it's on. Um, oh, if you go on K pop profiles here, I'll share it with you guys. Um, it has a Hangul. Wow. If you like, just put that into your address bar, it'll take you to a website like on Google. Like if you just put it, if you're on Google Chrome. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it just okay. took me to a random website. And I was like, wow, these girls are big time. Oh, <coughs> okay. <laughs> Triangle. Yeah. Well, oh, they're, they're from formerly... two different groups. Okay. Yeah. Tribe. So it is Tribe. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, all right. I was right. Yeah. Tribe. Tribe. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. But yes, okay. Tribe is coming back. And who else? Super Juniors coming back okay. on <laughs> March the 16th. <laughs> I thought you guys album. were waiting for that. Their 10th album is that coming is. out. Um, yeah, apparently it's like a pop disco Um theme song um oh so the title track is house party is a disco pop genre with a color with a cheerful and exciting rhythm and guitar riffs um i'm not gonna lie i would never go to a house party that was hosted by super junior but you know it's it is what it is we'll see how that goes okay trying to jump on that dynamite hype train i see 
Yeah. Uh, I thought that was over already. I had no idea. <laughs> uh, alas, here we are. <laughs> yes. We have AT's Sunmi Icon. So you yes. is working with Lee Hyori on Ooh. her comeback this month. Pentagon, very, very Onif, Wanho. Rain is debuting a boy group called Omega X. Okay, I want to pause and go back to Wanho. I, I saw something really funny about how he's advertising <laughs> on the internet for his upcoming album. Uh, I'll let I'll leave that to the imagination, though. <laughs> I mean, it involves cakes. Is all you gotta know. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, and not the ones you eat, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some people, yeah, are into that. <laughs> what is next <laughs> are you um is coming back with hylak 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 um dsp is debuting Mirei. j-hope is coming out with blue side blackpink's rose will have her solo debut on march the 12th cl is coming out with wish you were here um, Hatfelt, Jesse, and apparently Rain and Chunga. Yeah. So in terms of Rain like what's Chunga? already, that's so, almost um, that's almost like Hwasa and um, JYP. JYP to me. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know why, but it is. Okay, so I'll, I, like, I'll, I will like um, Sorry, go sort of organize it a little bit. So Tribe already came back with their debut. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I have seen that the response has been kind of lackluster. So, I mean, I'll see for myself. Uh, Atiz did come back two days ago, I think, or yesterday or something like. Uh, and the song sounds good for the most part. It had like a really good R&B feel. And then like you remember that they have rappers and it sort of becomes like, you know, the sound that's really common right now, the NCT sound. Uh, Sunmi came back with Tail. It's good, but it doesn't have that, like, hook like Gashina did at the beginning. Like, when that dropped, like, that was, you know, crazy. This one is, oh, this is good, but it's just, like, it's, I don't know, it's missing a spark. In terms of, uh, who else? Um, on F? Is it on F? ONF? I don't know. They came back with a song called, I think it's Beautiful, Beautiful, and they got their first win the other day on the show. Um, the song is cute. It's cheerful. It is. It's fine. Wanho came out with Lose, which is sexy, obviously. Um, continue to, you know, give it away for free, even though you could probably have an OnlyFans. Uh, let's see who else. J-Hope's Blue Side already came out. CL's Wish You Were Here already came out. And it's basically a song dedicated to her mom who passed away recently. So sad. Um, yeah, you will cr probably cry if you watch it. Um, Hat Hatfelt also came back. I haven't listened to the song yet, but she's been doing a lot of like live versions on Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to definitely check that out. Rain and Changa's song already came out. So it's Rain featuring Changa. So it's not like a solo. It's not like um, a duet like uh which is what i expected and it's basically he does a verse she comes in and does a verse and then he finishes a song and it's like a performance single more so because it's like just them dancing and stuff like that and i kind of like i kind of understood it because a lot of the female soloists that are out right now like 
they can dance okay, but Chunga's like one of the only ones that's actually a dancer, you know, who can, you know, I, not to say that I think that um, like Sunmi and Hina and all these people are not able to keep up with male um, dancers, but the type of dancing that Rain does, I don't think that they would have been able to keep up. I think Chunga's really like the only option if you're going to go with a female soloist and not just like a dancer from a group like Hyoyin, um, from Girls' Generation or something like that. So uh, it's cute. I, I mean, it's not really doing anything different or new or anything like that. I mean, he's shirtless the whole time. Like he's wearing a jacket with no shirt. So I, I guess that was the only reason I continued watching it. But <laughs> uh, outside of that, yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. I feel like not a lot, like outside of Shiny's comeback, nothing has been that great so far this year. Like they've been good. Like Sunny's Tale's good, Chenga's um, bicycle is good. Uh, Hyuna's Good Girls is really good. Uh, but Shiny's is the only one that's been great so far from what I've checked out. We'll see though. But yeah, did you guys check out anything from this list or? I don't think I've actually heard any of the comebacks from this list, um, the ones that have already come back. Um, I will say that like there are some that I'm I don't I'm not optimistic for based on the past production and then there's some where I'm like a little bit more open to. Um I know I'm a lot more open to Wanho um and IU just because like I've had positive experiences with their music. Pentagon was really stagnant for me after Shine, which is never a good thing. Same with Icon after Love Scenario. I just didn't really like anything else. And I never liked anything from ATs. Everybody who listens to our podcast, <laughs> they know how I feel about ATs. Um, nice gowns, beautiful gowns. Uh, but that's about it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't think I will willingly give Super Junior any listens. Um other than that, yeah, like I just I, I can't think of I'll, I can you know any of these I'm willing to go into into them with an open mind. I don't have any expectations outside of the ones that I kind of already mentioned. So I don't know. What about you, Ash? Um, no, I mean I honestly I'm going to be honest. I haven't really been keeping up with a lot of the latest like comebacks, so. I haven't really seen anything yet, except for actually no. I did see Sunmi's tale, and um, I agree with uh, Nat as far as that being that it's missing that like hook. Um, so yes, I did see Sunmi's tale, but the rest um, I have to catch up on. Okay, well. New couple alert. Apparently, these two idols have been dating right under our noses for about a year. Dispatch finally came through with their promise to, um, to reveal a idol, uh, dating scandal because they recently reported that Big Bang's G Dragon has been dating Blackpink's Jenny for about a year now. Uh, and their report dispatch shared that they had witnessed G-Dragon and Jenny meet secretly, have dates at their home, um, Jenny um, visiting G-Dragon's home every day. Uh, dispatch stated that, G that their relationship is a widely known secret within YG Entertainment. And basically, they just, you know, they mentioned all the times that they've been, you know, seen together. 
and a source close to the artist stated to dispatch quite a lot of people at YG have noticed their relationship, adding Jitty's mother is also aware of her relationship with G-Dragon. She's thankful that he takes special care of her. Uh, YG gave no comment, uh, basically said, we cannot confirm anything about our artist's personal lives. Thanks. We ask for your understanding. Uh, of course, um, Jenny's debut kind of was in G Dragon's 2012 music video for that XX. And she was also featured in Black from 2013. Uh, so this has obviously been brought up by people that at the time that they were, even though she kind of played his love interest in that music video, um, she was underage. <laughs> and um, the fact that, that thinking about that, her being in the company and having been underage and him probably have known, been knowing her for a long time, time and seeing her grow up it's a bit unsettling that they're dating um or you could at least interpret it that way um but at the same time i mean he was reportedly dating mizuhara kiko while she's dated kai so i mean it doesn't necessarily mean that they have had anything going on but you know it it's it's a little weird i mean you see someone when they're younger and then they get older and i guess you can see them in a different way and decide to date them but my main concern is g dragon tends to have messy relationships so if <laughs> if i were jenny i would just be a bit careful <laughs> g dragon seems like he's has a bit of drama in his relationship so it's a little concerning for Jenny fans I could maybe see especially with all the hate that Kiko got but Jenny has really uh, staunch fandom for her so I feel like if anything were to happen with G-Dragon that would be a big blow up of epic proportions um so hopefully everything with them goes smoothly. Um, what are our thoughts on this new relationship? Uh, <laughs> I know that a lot of people um, think, well, first and foremost, I think that, you know, I'm not very shocked, I guess. Um, I mean, okay, I, I think at first I was a little bit like, oh wow like that actually ended up you know being a thing but um i think that what i'm more so shocked by is like the mixed bag of reactions i think a lot of people uh feel like this <laughs> this announcement is you know trying to cover something up um and i know a lot of people also feel in terms of like the appropriateness like you mentioned earlier the appropriateness of the relationship i can't really speak to that just because i'm not that familiar with like the whole situation surrounding jenny and gd like i know people were saying you know about how he's like a mentor figure to her um you know ever since she was a very young and underage trainee i can't speak to that because i don't know the facts um i just i i think that 
I'll, okay, I can't speak to it in terms of like in a factual context, but I can say like theoretically, let's say that's the case. I would think that that is a little bit odd. Um, I don't know how much of a question mark I'd put behind it, but I would definitely think it's odd. Um, but with regard to the whole idea that the announcement of the relationship is like a cover up, um, I don't know that I've been fully convinced that that's the case yet. Like, I think, okay, let me keep it be clear. I don't think people get into relationships to cover up government conspiracies. <laughs> I don't think that's what happens. But in terms of like the, like how that it came out and the timing of it all, sure it could be. But I guess my question would end up being like, what would it actually be covering up? Because it's not like there's anything big popping off at YG right now. And I'm not sure why YG would want to cover up for stuff that's happening at rival companies either. Like, I'm not sure like if YG is in cahoots, like that's like the, the assumption. If YG is not in cahoots, then who's paying dispatch, which I, I guess the answer to this question is kind of obvious, but it's like, who's playing dispatch to leak this news that theoretically would hurt YG and, you know, take the attention off of, uh, that, you know, whatever their news is. Um, I could think of a couple of companies that would do that or one very specific companies, especially since a lot of the scandals uh, earlier on were definitely revolving around that company. But I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm kind of torn on that. I just, I usually feel like when that comes into play, when people start talking about cover-ups, I don't know, it gets really conspiracy, like tin hatty real quick and it starts to lose, you know, all kind of logic. Um, but I guess I am interested, you know, if you guys are, you know, have any takes on that particular aspect of it uh, that could sway my, like, opinion or, you know, make me, you know, open my eyes to a different perspective. What do you think, Matt? Um, <laughs> I don't get it. I'll be very honest. Um, I like just, the conspiracies or you don't get the relationship? I don't get the relationship. Like what? What do they talk about? You know, like I don't know. Music, um, real artistry yeah. that only YG artists would know about. Like, no, that's the, not the case. Also, like, okay, uh, in terms of the situation, I don't think that GD was a predator who like waited, you know, while Jenny got to legal age to date her because he was openly dating Kikyo and Nana, and she dated Kai. Um, and I'm sure she's dated other people as well. So maybe it could be a case of like, you know, yeah, you know, she grew up in the company and things like that. But also while she was a trainee, like G-Dragging and like the boys were all over the place, sleeping with a whole bunch of different women. So I don't know. I just don't feel like it's it's the same, like in comparison to YG himself, you know, and his predatory, alleged predatory ways. Uh, so that would be my opinion on that. In terms of conspiracies, I, I have noticed that lately, in the last maybe like four or five years in K-pop, this patch has been very deliberate with the news that they reveal. And it's either been really low stakes or if it's big stakes, it's, it is questionable because it's like, we never really hear news about certain people 
in certain companies, but we always hear news about other companies. So either they're not paying dispatch or they're not paying dispatch enough to keep their, their stuff out of the papers, you know? So in terms of like a conspiracy, I can definitely see why people think that, you know, this news may be diverting the bullying scandals that are all coming out or something like that. But once again, it doesn't really, it didn't really make a dent. Like people saw it and it was trending, but like VIPs are not, you know, wishing death on Jenny or anything like that. It seems like them and most of the blanks are kind of like, let's respect their privacy. You know, they're the YG power couple, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I don't think that, like, I don't really give any weight to the conspiracy in that regard. Because once again, it's like, what would be the point? You know, people are still on top of, of the bullying scandals and everything that's going on with that. So if it was a conspiracy, it was really dumb <laughs> and not effective. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I personally think that they're very ill-suited for each other. I don't know. I just, I don't think that they make a good couple visually or you know i personality wise um but and it's and it also kind of rubs me the wrong way that like you know big bang and, and 21 were so close and they never had any dating rumors um but you know people have always sort of had an idea of like you know big bang and you know some of the black pink girls and stuff like that because once again they're pretty and the girls from um, 21 outside of Dara were not. So I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird, personally. I don't know. I just, I don't care. <laughs> like, I was like, at first I was like, oh, oh. Mm. And that, I, I actually kind of forgot about it after a while. Because there's so much other stuff going on in K-pop. So, yeah. What is next? Or unless you want to to talk about this a little bit more. I um I've pretty much said my piece. I have nothing more to add. So if you guys would like want to move on, that's perfectly fine. Uh let's go to the next topic. Chanyol from EXO is going to be making his military enlistment on March 29th. Uh, location and time will be kept private, of course. How do we feel about Chanyol enlisting next month? They sure yeah. like to announce this type of stuff like very close <laughs> to the time that they decide to leave. Well, it's to leave? Like what do you mean leave? I, well, take a like break. The, you mean leave the group? No, no, take a break to leave, to leave like, the for the military. For the military. Yeah. 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 Usually they uh, like to announce these things around the same time. Right. Well, yeah. Wouldn't you announce your enlistment and then go to the military after? I'm kind of confused, I guess. No, no. It's just like oh. the, time, the time frame. Like it's, it's, it's very close to the actual, like it's, it's not like they're saying he's going to enlist at the end of the year. It's like he's enlisting next week. Next week. You know? uh, yeah, fair. Yeah. So I that's, think this is hilarious. I, I think this is the best outcome of this whole Chanyol situation. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of surprised they took so long to do it because he's literally been kind of quiet since we found out that he's a serial cheater. And it's, <laughs> and then like his, he wrote a letter to fans off like from his birthday, around his birthday. And he didn't actually like address 
the scandal, he was just like, you know, you know, like their standard, I will reflect and become a better person to make you proud <laughs> messages. You know, like that was what he, he wrote. Y'all and know that like, thing that <laughs> happened that time. I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that was basically all that he did. Uh, and now he's going to be army bound like Chen, you know, after we found out about Chen's secret life, you know, um, he went right to the military. Uh, but I mean, Exo's at a point where they should all be sort of slowly making it. Beckyon is like, he's refusing. I don't know if he's like digging his heels in the sand or what, but he's, he's just like, every time I think he's going to enlist, he drops like new music. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I mean, they're calling it Yol enlistment, which I think is actually really funny. Uh, but yeah, we're Exo's down. Oh, but Dio has a com Dio's gonna debut his solo album. So I really? mean Yeah. That's news. That oh. came out like last month sometime. I can't remember when. Uh, but he's been working on it. So I feel like, you know, we're losing Chaniel, but we're we're getting so much more. So <laughs> it's fine. One to one trade. Is it? I think deals worth no comment. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is like in terms of physical bodies, one to one trade. I see what you mean. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Ash? Okay. Poor Tiara is still getting put through the ringer. Uh, as if they haven't gone through enough, now uh, members, Gian. And Soyeon are dealing with a with death threats and a stalker breaking into their home, respectively. Um, so basically, news broke that Jiyeon was facing death threats, and her company, Partners Park, released a statement where they basically uh, said that she was receiving death threats publicly through Twitter and Instagram from an ident unidentified person. And they're requesting that the police conduct an investigation. And then later the same day, it was reported that a stalker had broken into Soyeon's home and an, an investigation by the Gangnam police station in Seoul reported by the stalker who waited outside her house was charged with trespassing. And apparently she has been harassed by this stalker for years. Um, they committed acts such as leaving women's underwear in her home and even threatened her with murder. Um, and the police are currently investigating the stalker. And yeah, it's just, like I said, they've been through a lot already and they're no longer in the public eye like they used to be, at least not in Korea. And they still have to deal with this kind of craziness from deranged fans. Like it's, it's insane. Like it's really um, unfortunate and they, you know, that has to be very like unsettling to have to deal with something like that. Um, what are our 
any thoughts on that? So in the era of bullying scandals, you would think that there would be a little bit more grace, I feel like, um, extended towards Tiara since they had a huge bullying scandal that was completely manufactured um, and was revealed to be fake uh, and that they never recovered from, you know, professionally or um, like mentally, like to the point where like being in public was just, you know, anxiety filled for them, you know, and it's, it's kind of insane to think that they're still feeling, I don't know if these are like anti-fans, if they're Saysangs. Um, I mean, I would assume that you're an anti-fan if you're, you know, threatening somebody with death, but Saysangs kind of operate, like there's a very thin line, I think, between the two. So I, I don't really know um, like why this person keeps doing this. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of feel like regardless of what happens, like people still kind of don't extend any sort of empathy or anything like that towards a group like Tiara, which, you know, for the brunt of just lies, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so I don't know. I just, it's really frustrating when I see stuff like that. Cause uh, like, as you mentioned, like they've already been through so much, you know, and through no fault of their own, really. I mean, the most you could say is that, you know, they shouldn't have been snarky on Twitter. Like that's literally the most that you could say, uh, about them and everything that happened with them. And I know it just kind of always comes across as like, everybody's faves can do whatever the hell they want. But if you don't like a group, like you basically just can't even look at them as human beings in some cases and, or just like, um, treat them with any sort of empathy or compassion or sympathy. Uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like everybody's so worried these days about like their faves, not being bullies that they don't really say anything about actual bullies, you know? Uh, and I, I guess that's like where it kind of gets really annoying very quickly. So hopefully the girls are safe. Hopefully the police do their job. I mean, if they're anything like our police, probably not, but hopefully the girls companies, um, and their managers and things like that are going to be looking out for them. Cause these things could very quickly turn into tragic stories. And I would really like, I would really, really not want that to be the case here. So, uh, like, yeah, just keep them safe and, you know, please, please stop being crazy about idols like this, please just they're people too. Is all I got to say. Uh, anything else about this the topic? Okay. Moving on. Taeyong of NCT 127 and many of its subgroups was recently ID'd to be wearing a t-shirt that was uh, created by Stussy for its 40th anniversary. And the t-shirt um, was noticed as being part of the uh, second phase of the um, company's I Support Young Black Businesses Project. 
which is a program founded by Virgil Abloh, which consists of quarterly fundraising aimed at raising awareness and supporting the Black community. And he was also seen wearing another t-shirt that is from Ask uh, NYC. Come up. For a black owned business that I guess they kind of just seems like they do like t-shirt design and stuff like that. Um, okay. I just wanted and, to verify, but yeah. Right. Right. Um, I just have to say, I don't know if you were finished, but I just have to say, no, go ahead. Didn't Virgil, Virgil Abloh get roasted last year because he donated like $50. <laughs> to to BLM. Does anybody they, remember that? Yeah. They literally started like stopped saying 50 and they just called it, I think they called it a Virgil. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, like how much, does, how much does this cost? It costs one Virgil. So like, I think that's what they were doing for a while because I mean, this man's a multimillionaire with his, Honestly, his basic Atlas line, Off-White, I think is ugly. Um, but, you know... Off-White's kind of played, too, in 2021, yeah. but... Yeah. Uh, so, he... Because he literally just donated 50 bucks. Um, and you see that the bags are $480. You're kind of like... Right. And then you have to wonder, like, where is this fundraising money going to? Like, let me see some financial statements and... That's that's a whole other conversation about looking at financial statements, okay? Because <laughs> this man's donated fifty dollars. Like, if a person is that cheap, you have to imagine that they are running some sort of scam on the side. I'm just saying. But also, he he like it's not like people found out about it. He posted a screenshot showing <laughs> I that he donated fifty dollars. <laughs> like he was proud. <laughs> like he was proud. He's like, guys, see, I did this thing. I'm with you. Solidarity. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I donated more than that uh, so many times last year. Okay. And I don't have money. So like you have no excuse, but also his wife is white. So I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I just, yeah. I, I mentioned that to say like this, <laughs> this thing is very funny to me. This whole thing is very funny to me. Cause it's like, this is being touted as, and you know, y'all know that I really do enjoy some NCT, but the whole thing is being touted as like, oh, Taeyong, Black King, like he actually uh. supports Black businesses. And I'm like, first and foremost, let's never, ever like try to, it's like we, it's like people try to absorb, just because you support quote unquote Black things, people try to absorb you into Blackness. And that's like not the wave like that's, that's not what we're doing <laughs> we don't do that but also like people i i think it's great to support black businesses um i think more idols should do i think that he's consciously doing it though i think that's a different question right because people i think really have this strange idea and it's not just like black businesses it's just in general people have this idea that like K-pop idols are going out and like buying the outfits that they wear in music videos or buying like things because it's of like it, it's message or whatever or like the people who create it. And that could be the case for some idols. I'm not saying that's not the case, but for people in general, like by and large, like a lot of celebrities, they're just wearing stuff because they it looks cool you know what i mean like and they're trying to look cool i think that that's a, just a celebrity thing it's not even just like a k-pop idol thing um 
And in some cases, that stuff is like stuff that, you know, they're given by the designer. I know like in Taeyong's case specifically, there's like a specific case where he actually bought it himself, like because the owner went and talked about how Taeyong came up to him and bought it from him off the street. So like, okay, I like that is real and that's good. And we love that. I just don't like how it's people are starting to like elevate him because of that. It, despite all of the other like colorist things Taeyong has said and like I'm not saying he's a bad person but I'm just saying like I don't understand the cognitive dissonance here like you can you can do good things and not necessarily or okay you can do good things towards black people and not necessarily like rock with black people if that makes sense and be down for the cause and i'm not saying he's not i'm just saying like let's pump the brakes and and let's figure out like he need i feel like we the bar is on the floor right like you i don't even know how to explain this it's just like the bar is on the floor to me it, and i i get that this is better than what other idols are doing i just i guess like maybe i'm cynical but i just don't think that he's consciously like trying to go out of his way to support black owned businesses i think he just happened to like certain things that black creators are making does that make sense yeah i mean that's basically k-pop right they love yeah well yeah exactly and, and to me, there's nothing wrong with liking stuff. And and it happens to be created by a black person. Like, that's obviously okay. I just don't, like, it's just elevating him above other idols for this. It's a very strange move to me. Am I, do y'all think that that's me, like, being too cynical? Or, like, do y'all see where I'm coming from with that? No. I I, and, oh, sorry, Glash. No, I'm you go ahead. <laughs> I just don't understand why all these black people are so quick to invite people to the cookout and to call people black kings, black queens. They're, they have Chris Evans, you know, with, you know, the the um, the, bonnet the bonnet and the nails, which are kind of funny. But they're calling Somebody him call Jamal. him Christopher Jamal Evans. Yes. And I'm just like, uh, guys, you do under, like for me personally, being black is not is a privilege okay like i'm privileged to be a part of basically the coolest dopest race on the planet okay we set trends we are trends you know not to say that other races are not great or anything like that but i just see worth in being black and so i'm not inviting every single tom dick harry uh jin young j bum you know um <laughs> um Taeyong. i'm not inviting these people and calling them black kings and all these different things because they said something nice about black person or because he bought a t-shirt off the street like that's just that's dumb that's honestly very dumb to me and i think that that speaks more to the person and like wanting to i don't know like identify somebody who you look up to who you put on a pedestal as the same as you that's kind of says more about you as a person than it does actually about what they've done and, and and you know if their intentions were good or not you know and as you said it's like a lot of these people get sponsored goods they wear things that their stylists give them uh you know like a lot of times they're not really like they're not wearing something because they're trying to make a, a statement or send a message they're wearing it because they got it for free you know or it's cool it looks cool it looks dope um i mean they 
those Koreans were all out here wearing those boy shirts that had like the Nazi symbol on it for the longest time. Why? Because they thought it was cool. You know, like, so Facts. I, but I also just, too, that makes me think of the fact that like a lot of idols will wear stuff that makes them seem like, oh, love wins overall. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, and, do you really think? <laughs> and a lot of them wear it on stage. So that means the Cordy is the one who picked it out. So, I mean, you can't really, I bet you, because uh, a lot of those words and stuff like that too are on the, uh, on the back of the items. So I bet you, they didn't even know what's on the shirt. Okay. Like they just put it on. <laughs> like I look Okay. Cool. Look, okay. <laughs> honestly, the way I kind of tend to approach idols wearing yeah. certain things, depending on the idol. And yes. I'll just say for majority of idols is the same way that I approach NBA players who get tattoos in Chinese and Mandarin. Like, <laughs> they, like I'm just saying, like I, I approach it the same way. Like, yeah. Like, it's the same concept <laughs> to me like do you yeah. know what is on your body like you probably yeah, yeah. nine times out of ten like you really don't and i'm and that's not a knock to them that's just kind of like a fact of the matter you know what i mean people just don't do that much think about it if even if he is like the idols are buying these things on their own right mm-hmm. when you're at the store like let's say you go to i don't know top shop or something and you see an item and it has something in a totally different language on there are you going to google translate and trying to figure out what that means right right like you're not doing that i mean you you're just gonna buy it because you like it and you think it looks cool yeah and i mean him going out of his way to buy it, you know, kudos. Thank you for supporting black businesses. If, yeah, if he, exactly. We love him spending his money, uh, putting his money into the community that um, he <laughs> he's been milking dry. So we love to see it, and he needs to continue to do so. And I'm never going to discourage uh, him opening his person that way. Um, I just wish that, like, we pump the not we like us, but yes. I just international fans pump the brakes on that like yeah, and also absolutely. i want to see if if this is real right and let's say he really is like an ally i want to see like him actually i think there's a lot of power in a celebrity putting the words out there like saying it with their own mouth you know what i mean yeah absolutely it's absolutely. a lot more it's a lot more concrete than us speculating on whether or not you're an ally based on yeah. you buying a t-shirt you know what i mean that says i support I, black on that's the thing right like yeah he bought a t-shirt off the street or whatever that he liked and he wore it i mean it's well the bandana was off the street i'm not sure about oh. the t-shirt oh, okay sorry oh that's what i thought you were talking about sorry um but like he bought this shirt say he did like you know he he did the research and looked it up and things like that. I mean, like once you, once again, like that's, that's on the floor, you know, like, thank you. But that's like the barest minimum. Like we need you to speak up for, you know, actual issues and causes. Cause I noticed that a lot of like K-pop fans, you know, or K-pop idols, um, they're very good at saying something once and then moving on. Um, yes, so. <laughs> but you know what? Hot take, hot take. We need yeah. both, and we need both yes. consistently. Like I Absolutely. think a lot of people go, "Well, y'all ask for this, and then we give y'all that, and then y'all not satisfied." I hear that that rhetoric a lot. It's not Absolutely. that we're not like you know, ha- like I don't want to say happy because it's not like we're simping for like them to uh, you know notice our our struggles. No, but what I'm saying is, is like it's not that we're not okay with them doing certain things. It's just that. I think that the amount of praise versus the amount of input is just disproportionate. Like it don't don't, don't make sense. (laughs) And honestly, once again, it's about good faith. Like, uh, I mean, 
if you you could say like black lives matter once donate ten dollars and move along like and never think about it again you know and it's 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 easy to and then have history a history of appropriation of doing certain things that would get you side-eyed so you 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 don't don't substantively change your behavior either yeah and so i mean i'm gonna think like okay so you probably just did it for for other people you know like to say that you've done it or maybe you did feel bad in that moment but now you're like well it's time to go back to my regular life and you know hopefully you know these people survive and it's kind of just like that's that kind of inconsistent behavior also you know plays a part in how people see you and how people or i sorry how i see you so you have these companies that hire you know all these or these companies that display that they have all of these you know african americans black canadians you know in these companies and how they support you know black lives and livelihood and in all this and but, diversity but girl, you know they're you know they're hiring all the black people to like that one like director of urban <laughs> <laughs> like, like urban studies to um ben whatever his name is um this ben carson the, ben carson yeah the he was he was what like it's not an MP in your country, he right? He was like the best. Wasn't he like the top cardiologist in the yeah. nation or something? Like one of those yeah, they, things. He, and then they like, literally created, like he he has procedures named after him. Like that's how big he is. Imagine like your training is in medicine, but then you become a diversity hire to become like the <laughs> urban outreach executive. Like, child. <laughs> I remember when he got hired, everyone's like, he got hired to do the urban housing because... Trump thought that was a black thing. <laughs> it reminds me of that first episode of Blackish when the dad got hired. Um, I can't remember what the, the job oh, yeah. was. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but it was like, it was literally the black job. Like that was his job to be black. I was like, what the hell? Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's what it comes across as. And you know, everybody wants to be like, oh, you guys wanted them to speak up on black. Like, listen. We just want consistency, okay? You don't have to throw... Like, I mean, if you have the money to donate, that would be great as well, too. But we want consistency, and we want them, these idols, to speak to their fans and tell them to stop being assholes. That's what we want, okay? Um, The silence on, like, actual issues, you know, a lot of the times, like, within their own toxic fandoms, that is a problem. And that could also be helped if the idols, you know, were... We're actually not just singing about, you know, being, you know, loved and loving everybody and, and holding hands and going fa la la, whatever. Like, if they actually practice that in their real life and with their fandoms, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I feel like we say the same things and the over crazy thing and over is, again. Like, the crazy thing with you mentioning the fans aspect is just that, like, it ain't even like Taeyong like was out of pocket. No. His fans kind of were out of pocket by like claiming that I, I don't know if it was an argument they were having with like another idol group because usually that's how these things are started. Like which fave is more problematic <laughs> kind of thing. Oh yeah. So it's like it's not even like really his fault really that no. this happened, but it's just like you know we recognize that uh the like basically fans need to recognize like the boundaries and understand you know the boundaries and that's all and i and i don't know i don't want to make it seem like we don't want <laughs> taehyung to financially support black businesses we totally no, do i mean it's we great like virgil abloh's black business but because <laughs> we don't know where the money's going <laughs> <laughs> like 
<laughs> like, please stop giving sh- shady places money, okay? Is first of all what we want you to stop doing, okay? Um, no, we love it. Keep, keep, you know, like doing these things as even as small as, and maybe sort of insignificant as they appear to some people. Like, that's what we want, you know, like buy from black, o- like black business owners, support black podcasts, support black creatives, you know, like that's really is what we want. We just don't want like the fandom drama that always seems to come up with these stupid things. And we just want consistency. We want to, to believe you. You know, when you say that, you know, Black Lives Matter or whatever, we want to actually believe you. And we can't, for the most part, you know, at this point. So former BAP member Him Chan was recently found guilty of sexual assault charges from a 2018 incident. He has been sentenced to 10 months in prison, along with 40 hours of sexual violence treatment. This was a statement released by the judge, I suppose. This hasn't, isn't really specified, but it says that they find the victim statements fully credible and support the indictment and deem him Chan guilty. And they said, considering the defendant's crime, the severity of it, and the fact that the victim has not forgiven the victim, we came to this decision. However, we, even though we have sentenced the defendant to prison, we will not arrest the defendant in court and give the defendant an opportunity to be forgiven by the victim. So this is actually a pretty severe uh, charge, uh, considering what sexual assault charges are usually given in Korea. Um so it's kind of surprising that he actually was given almost a year in jail because uh, these situations are like the the victim the victim's statements in these kind of cases are usually not treated with the seriousness that it seems that they were here. So I mean, thankfully, in this person's case this victim's case it was uh and him chan has to pay the price for what he did but um hopefully you know maybe you know other places other judges you know will start you know judging cases the same way um so what are our thoughts on this? I was not really a BAP follower, so I'm not that familiar with him, Chan, other than the fact that he apparently got into an accident while drunk driving in October and got his license suspended and was arrested for that. <laughs> it's just, you know, just crime after crime at this point. Um <laughs> I yeah I when I first heard that <laughs> he was <laughs> like that net. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but yeah. the crimes themselves, but just no. how Nat said, it's just crime after crime. <laughs> I okay, mean, sorry. Go ahead. At this, like, I do agree with the sentiment that it had to have been like extreme for the type of ruling that he got because in Korea, you know, it's it takes a lot. And I mean, obviously also all like all over the world, but I've just noticed that sex crimes in Korea just tend to like be a bit soft. 
so this is actually really surprising and it makes me like very kind of uncomfortable like with the idea of like what exactly he did for it to have been treated like this because it did like it it had to have been some shit like it really did uh and i'm happy though that the court saw him for the trash that he was and they put his, they they're locking his his ass up because he deserves it and um i'm happy also that i don't see anybody on the you know the the twitterverse defending him and being like oh why is Oba joining the jail he didn't do anything i'm very happy about that because that's also something that we tend to see uh from these raggedy fans so i'm really happy that you know people are sort of just being like bye bitch and and that's kind of like the common sort of attitude that i've been seeing and you know i mean uh, yikes he wasn't even that great in beast so it's sorry not beast um in bap so it's okay it's fine they don't need him uh, they have actual vocalists and, you know, Bang and Gook. They're fine if they ever come back, you know. Um, but it's. It's actually like, even though the crime is terrifying, I'm actually really happy about the the ruling, because I think the more that you see this type of ruling, the more it becomes um, common and the more that attitudes start to change. And so I don't know if they have case law in Korea. I don't know like what their legal system is, but I'm hoping that like you do start to see the trend um, where similar rulings in a lot of these sex crimes and, and you know, abuse crimes and, and things like that starts to become more regular because I, yeah, it's, that's how it should be. Uh, anything else? Uh... Nope. Well, let's move on. An article written by our dear friend Tamar Herman for South China Morning Post. It talks about how a dispute between Kakao M and Spotify is leading to the removal of a ton of K-pop artist music from Spotify. Basically, the issue um, came about uh, Kakao and Spotify kind of have different statements on whose responsibility it is that this is happening, but essentially it has something to do with uh, the licensing deal that Spotify had with Kakao M coming to an end and a disagreement as far as how to uh, renew that license and under what um, and under what like provisions or qualifications that that would happen. So the KakaoM's license agreement, global license agreement with Spotify expired and they had to remove a ton of music from their platform. Uh, there's a Twitter thread with all of the, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six posts full of artists that uh, was removed, including Epic High, Cherry Bullet, um, Hyolin, G Friend, uh, WJSN, Golden Child, Weekly, some of Luna's songs. Car, Dreamcatcher, Orange Caramel, Astro, Brave Girls, Bake Ayong, 
A Pink, IU, Mama Moo, After School, Beast Infinite, Dal Shabbat, and many, many others. So some fans are obviously outraged and have international fans, obviously, um, in particular, and have threatened to um, cancel or have canceled their subscriptions and have, um, you know, tried to kind of uh, volley for South Korea and Kakao to kind of come to some sort of agreement to, you know, get their act together and get their, um, and get their, uh, the music back on. But, um, Jimin and Nat, I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of Spotify, if this has affected your K-pop music listening at all. I don't I mean, really I- listen to Spotify, so... I mean, when like when an album first comes out, I'll go to Spotify, give it some streams. Um, Spotify, I do go to it when an album for, is first released, but I like a lot of my artists are not affected by this, um, I, so I don't know that it'll really affect my listening habits, sort of like in the long run. But I, I do feel feel for those artists who it does who it does affect because i i heard quite a bit of names in there that are like kind of for lack of a better word nuku and you know it, the it's it's just sucks when smaller artists can't um they don't have really a platform they sort of get deplatformed in a sense um and especially considering the fact that spotify is uh an international platform that's like one of the best ways to introduce your music it does kind of su- and then get paid for it as well it, and and also it, it <clears throat> spotify counts towards like ria certifications and things like that so um yeah, it definitely is a, is a tough situation. Um, but in terms of like my personal listening listening habits, I can't say that it will be affected too much. I don't know about Nat. What about you, Nat? Um, I honestly don't even know what a Spotify is for the most part. Um, I use Apple Music. Uh, I have used Tidal. And, um, and I basically just like watch music videos on YouTube. That's kind of like where my listening habits come into play. So I am not at all like every, when I saw the initial tweet from Epic High, cause I think they were like one of the first artists to really speak out about it. Um, I sort of watched the meltdown while I was listening to Apple music and not being affected by it. And so I didn't really like, for me, I felt really bad for everybody, but it didn't really affect me in the same way. And also too, like it did bring up like a lot of conversation about, you know, buying music and actually put investing in it one. Um, and then also too, just like uh, sort of this reliance and this uh, importance on streaming. Like, yeah, I understand, you know, like some people need to put their music, you know, on these platforms to build their audience and things like that. So I totally get it. But streaming culture has also got out of control in a lot of ways, right? So it's, it's, it, I don't know. I kind of just like, you maybe, can kind of, there's an argument to be made yeah. for like streaming devaluing the, the sort of real financial value of music. Right. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. also too, I think that there's something, I don't know, there's something about 
listening to an album, you know, like a CD or a vinyl album and just like playing it, no skips, no commercials, no nothing. And just like appreciating the music in that way. And from like that kind of perspective, which I do miss, because I mean, I still have all my CDs and I, I do have a Blu-ray player. Um, and so, and I have my old CD player. So, I mean, I can I do sometimes feel nostalgic and I do listen to music like that. Um, and I just feel like, and my sister has like a, a record player. So I kind of like, there is something to be said about appreciating the music in the physical format. And this is not me co like co-signing buying 10 copies of the same album. This is not it at all because you know how I feel about waste. But <laughs> this is also just sort of like a step back from the current music consumption habits that we have and sort of like, um, sort of getting back to the music, I think is, is where right, I want to go. Cause it with is it. a yeah. lot easier to buy 10 digital albums than 10 physical albums. Like it's just a yeah. lot easier and there's yeah. no such thing as like a constraint on, you know, inventory because you, it's kind of like perpetual inventory, even exactly. though, yeah, you could argue that like the constraint is memory and like server space uh, that still doesn't really add up though. So, I don't know. Is streaming the death of the radio star? I don't know. You know that whole thing. TV's the yeah. death of the radio star. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, Was it TV killed the radio star? The radio star. star. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think I, maybe... I do agree. Sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt. I just wanted to say that I did agree with what you were saying about um, the deplatforming of artists on these platforms. Um you know, who are reliant on streams, who are reliant on, you know, something like Spotify, which is so easily accessible, even at the free, um, I guess, plan or whatnot, um, for these people to sort of, you know, build an audience internationally, specifically, because that's what they use this for, right? Um, and I have seen a lot of like discussions about, you know, Spotify moving into Korea, and what that meant, you know, for like Melon and all these other places that, you know, had uh, their own music platform in Korea. And, you know, this is just, I think this is probably just like the first of what we're going to see on that, especially for a lot of these artists who don't, who, who have to go through these Korean distributors like Kakao and stuff like that. Thankfully, God7 is out now signed to Warner Korea music. So <laughs> they don't have that problem. Um, I think some of their solo stuff for like OSTs and stuff like that did get taken off, but they did not have a problem. I don't think with their actual music because now it's all signed to Warner. Uh, but like, you know, it looks like cube and maybe starship in those places. Cause monster X music was removed. Sistar's music was removed DSP as well too. Cause cards music was removed. Hyuna's music was removed. And I guess, you know, half of it's with Cube, half of it's with P Nation. Uh, I think she has fixed it or she's working to remove herself from Kakao or her, or I guess nullify her contract with them so that she can, um, I guess, have more control over how it's distributed internationally. And I think Epic High is doing the same thing. So now it's, it's really is going to change the face of music, um, you know, on, on the streaming level, I guess, uh, and in the, the international distribution as the world becomes more global. It's kind of similar to how Netflix has invested like 600 million or something like that in Korea um, to build up their market. Yeah, so it, it I think it, it sort of brings to mind like what exactly is Korean maybe um, if, if it's made by Netflix, if it's, you know, dependent on Spotify, like what happened to the Korean market, maybe 
and like can what's happening what happened to korean distribution like what's happening like is there international distribution that is based out of south korea probably not at that scale like I, i i don't think like for example i think that there are I don't know. It just seems like the only time, only place you can find companies like that is in the West. I hate to say it, but like, think about it. Um, anytime something comes out of another country, we tend to consume it through an American platform, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, even to like Attack on Titan, you know, I don't consume it through a Japanese publisher or a Japanese distributor. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a lit music, but I don't consume that through a a Japanese distributor. I consume it through like Hulu, like a, like an American distributor. So I don't know. That is like a really interesting question of like the Korean publishing and distribution industry. And if it even exists and if it has to exist, it probably doesn't. If you think about it, like if majority of your sales are coming from domestic anyway, like how much of a, you know, issue is it to not have, um, you know, Spotify in your yeah. bag. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it speaks to like the difference between first and second gen specifically, because first gen was basically Koreans supporting Korean music. Second gen is the Hailu wave, right? And that's where it expanded to the point where um, things just got grander. The fan base got larger. It got, it didn't, it wasn't, it was international in the sense that it was outside of Korea but it hadn't hit big, right? Like in terms of here. So that's where you had everybody going to Japan, you know, in China and those places to make money because the Korean market wasn't, it, it wasn't sustainable for the, 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 the heights that it had reached. And now we're in a place where it's like this big international thing, right? And so, you know, Asia is not enough to sustain it, you know, at the point that it is. And so it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you know, the, the people who are te- generally tend to be left out um, and, and become who become more insignificant are the people on the ground in these countries. Right. So that's, you know, Korean distributors and things like that. And I think Kakao is trying to like from what I'd read in the article, Kakao wants a different contract for domestic and international um, distribution or just like the license. Um, so but Spotify is like, no, we want one contract for everything. So what you play internationally, what is available internationally has to be also available in Korea. And Kakao doesn't want that because it threatens what they, they offer in Korea. So, I mean, this might be like, depending on like how the pressure mounts, you know, on whatever side it mounts, because at, if, if you have groups and companies and labels leaving Kakao, they're, it might not be worth it for them to bow down to Spotify because they're like, I'm already losing this, this stuff anyways, or it might pressure them to just give Spotify what they want. And then, you know, eventually they'll probably will also be um, sort of left in the dust, a thing of the past. I think that's also going to be what happens with a lot of Korean um, cable networks with Netflix. That's kind of my, my um, prediction on that. Um, unless they work together um, and it's like through Korean uh, like KBS and stuff like that if it's on Netflix you know just scooping up these actors and scooping up these this talent I I don't think that the the cable networks out there are gonna last very long especially the, the especially because ones. especially yeah. because like Netflix is able to offer a, a very 
like a wider variety of products and, and a product to appeal to any niche. Like I just like you think about it. There's just certain things. Netflix did that here. You know what I mean? It's yeah. already done it here to the point where like Netflix can show you know, certain things that on it would have been imaginable, un, unimaginable um, on American cable television, you know, 20 years ago. You know what I mean? There's just certain things that they can show with the budget that they have and certain things they can show in terms of like graphic, like rating situation. You know what I mean? You just yeah. can't show certain things on cable. And I believe in Korea, the situation is just so much more drastic. Like they have way more regulations around what you can yes. show. Um, on cable television than we did you know so imagine if you are like a young person and you go on to netflix and suddenly you have netflix korea and netflix america and you can see all kind of stuff <laughs> it's like it's it's so different i don't know how the conversation got here but i don't either i think it was really uh, interesting though yeah we yeah, could do I like mean, a, mini, a whole mini sode about that one day yeah no i'm actually really really excited you know in terms of like predictions on music trends and, you know, cable trends, you know, especially because there is such a push, I think right now for like, and a thirst for dramas. Like I've seen like people that I would never expect watching dramas to be watching dramas now because they're so readily available on, on like all over Netflix. So it is kind of interesting to see where that goes and where that leaves. Um, but also like, it's kind of interesting to see like what gets left behind. Cause I mean, that's, you know, like we're talking about music, right? And CDs and like vinyl and stuff like that. You know, I, they are making a resurgence, but for a while, like people are just like, what's a CD? You know, like what, what is a CD? What do you do with this thing? Because streaming was just like, you know, especially streaming on Apple products was just the, the thing to do, right? That was the trend. And, uh, you know, now people are thinking about permanent, permanently purchasing music and you know and not just for the fan like because they're a fan but because that's how they want to listen to it and that's the safest way of listening to it because you don't have to worry about these contract dispute disputes and um you know conflicts you if it's yours it's yours right and streaming doesn't give you like here's the thing about netflix when friends is gone friends is gone okay <laughs> you know like you don't own it <laughs> you just watch it every day on netflix you don't own it though so i think people forget that um and that's the same thing with music and what what's what, with what's happening here but i also just a last note i heard spotify pays the least out of like the big streaming companies like music streamers like apple music and title and stuff like that yeah i and heard now, that too and now um they're actually working towards better distribution for for smaller artists on SoundCloud. So I think that's also going to change maybe the model on how people are being paid. So I think that's actually just really interesting. Um, something that we could talk about in trends, you know, a trend mini sold or something. But yes, what is the next topic? All right. So next topic, a Twitter user uh, made a thread compilation of Xiaojun from Wavy. And basically, it was a live that he did um, and maybe a couple of other videos to kind of show that he's essentially a misogynist. So this is what the user said. Xiaojun clearly holds traditional views about women's place in the world. 
He belittles women into nothing but species that only give birth. Fat shamed a woman within hearing distance. He once said my vocals is like women. Can't pamper her or she'll become spoilt during a live. Um, so basically, the content of the post is the person kind of taking uh different uh clips and things and he even uh the person even um goes in and uh translates a bit of other video and supposedly had translations from people who speak chinese but the tweet is now unavailable unavailable but this person says that they are Chinese um, and that they understand, you know, what's being said. Um, however, there's pushback from wavy fans who say that they're not Chinese, that they're making it up or that they're um, a, a stand that wants wavy to, to break up and other people are giving their, you know, their translations of what said, what was said. So it's kind of, I mean, obviously, as someone that is not a Chinese speaker, uh, I, you know, I, I have no idea, you know, I don't know what was said. And Chinese is such a complex and intricate language. Um, you know, there's lots of arguments on the thread about, you know, things that he said that sound like he was making reference to one thing and was really, in one person's opinion, saying something else or um, making a pun or, you know, using a metaphor. Um, so it's hard to know who's telling the truth. Um, there are people that are posting translations, supposed translations from Chinese fans saying that, you know, it's a misunderstanding. And so, I mean, I honestly don't know what to think. Because like I said, I, I have no outlet to make the translation myself so what do you guys think about it the ver the the verification of these accusations that he's a misogynist well i think that um this is definitely one of those situations where like i don't i literally don't under like no right there hasn't been any sort of um verifiable facts to come out i mean a lot of it's just been kind of like fan fan fans or non-fans or who you know what have you basically non-professionals like translating mandarin i don't know or translating chinese i don't know you know chinese mandarin cantonese any versions of it i don't know so i can't you know verify myself so you kind of have to rely on translators but you, there hasn't been any like you know professional source i would say come out about this so it's like i said it's just really hard to know um let's say that it is true right it is very ironic 
that if that if that is the case, very much ironic considering some of the things I've seen him do, and also the fact that it's kind of a well-known fact that Xiao Jin's father is a drag queen. And not saying that that means that you are automatically a feminist or something like that or, you know, but it it would be definitely kind of like strange to hear. And you would have to wonder, like, you know, how did this person develop those sorts of ideas? Um, And I but I also say, too, with regard to it possibly being real, it's not the first time I've actually heard something like this about Xiao Jun kind of saying um, something that. Uh, is misogynistic to be frank. Um, so it's not like I would be shocked. However, I am going to refrain from saying that it is true. I'm going to refrain from calling him a misogynist just because I just want to be sure. And I, I just need something a little bit more solid than what we're working with right now. Um, but like I said, that would, I'm not going to like completely close myself to the idea that it's true. Or if there's people who've been hurt by, you know, personally hurt by something he's done or said, I'm not going to close my idea to my mind to the idea that they exist. Um, I just have yet to see any actual proof, if that makes sense. But Nat, what do you think? I don't know who this man is. I apologize. He's from Wavy. He's actually like the main vocal in Wavy, so really? <laughs> kind of hard to miss, but yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, okay, fair. I don't know anything about him. I don't understand Chinese. I mean, a lot of Chinese people don't understand Chinese, so I, it's quite fair, you know? Fair, uh, fair, for this fair. To that be is true. And for there to be mistranslations and just different people having different opinions on it, like, that's, that's kind of why I don't really know what to think. Like I read it and I was like, I got more confused as I was going through the thread. So I just, you know, (laughs) at that point I was like, listen, if he's misogynistic, I hope that, you know, he sees the criticism and, you know, tries to be a better human being. If he's not misogynistic and these are just like different, different translations, you know, different, different dialects or something like that, then uh, I don't even know. Like it's, it's kind of hard with like, I think the culture right now, especially of K-pop, is just throwing shit out into on yeah, the and seeing what sticks. And seeing what like sticks it's literally, and- it's literally a lot of that happening. I mean, don't get me wrong; there's a lot of like legitimate stuff happening, but then there's just a lot of like people that are just like making things up or exaggerating things. And this is one of those like very extremely rare cases where the idea of a mistranslation could be the case, just because, like you said, Chinese people don't even understand a lot of you know mandarin or like other dialects of chinese like cantonese for example so yeah no absolutely so i i don't know i think that's kind of where i come i sit on this i don't know i don't know enough to have an opinion on it uh i just you know hope for the best and i hope that it's not true uh not because i'm like planning to get onto wavy or anything like that it's just you know i feel like there's so much so many bad people in this world i kind of hope I kind of hope that he's not one of them. It's kind of where I stand mm. on that. So, <laughs> uh, but that's all I have to say. All right. Well, let's get to what is probably one of the biggest stories going on in K-pop at the moment: the all-encompassing bullying scandals. Um, there are several groups and entertainers that are currently caught up and accusations um, that they have bullied 
people at some point. There are a lot of different situations here, and I'll try to go through them with the best of my ability. It sees Leah was accused of bullying. JYP says the allegations are false. Um, they say the claim was made last year, and there's an ongoing legal case by JYP against the accuser. Um, then there's silent G idol Sujin. Uh, another classmate came forward to testify that Sujin had framed actress So Shane for having cigarettes, while a different classmate said that if that did happen, then Sujin didn't do it, but rather a group did, and Sujin wasn't a part of it. Uh, Monster X's uh, Kihun. Starship Entertainment said that their investigation showed a majority of classmates denied that Kihun bullied people, and the company also included his student record. Kihun then made a statement when he apologizes to anybody that was hurt by his actions. Then the company provided an update saying that Kihun had met up with the accuser and resolved the misunderstandings. Um, however, they concluded. And it was a different classmate that had done what was alleged. Um, however, they concluded by stating that Kihun was reflecting on his past. Um, there was also another issue that initially emerged in 2015, which Starship says um, the allegations were false. Um, the accuser said that the company coerced him when they met years ago and alleged that they were bribing classmates and claimed Kihun bullied a disabled student. And then the company later reiterated that they are pursuing legal action. Then there's Seventeen's menu. Uh, there's another allegation of bullying, um, but the claim mainly focuses on debunking the image of the school that the classmate who defended Mingyu painted. She attaches evidence of reports from therapy dating back to 2017. Also shows records that she mentioned him in therapy in 2019. Also being, um, Mingyu is also being accused of school violence and bullying of a disabled student through a witness and sexual assault. And then... There is Stray Kids Hunjin, uh, which appears to have been generally resolved, um, his bullying issue. There are multiple allegations, um, but JYP says that he met with and apologized to classmates. And then Ming, uh, Hunjin released a personal apology. And then uh, in addition to that, his teacher commented on the scandal, basically defended him to the press, um, saying that even though he may have hurt someone with immature words and actions at the time, it is very unfortunate because the claims about him leading the school violence have been blown out of proportion and are not true. Um, so basically kind of saying that, you know, even though Hunjin may have, you know, been a bit harsh to classmates or maybe even bullied some that, you know, that they were basically kids at the time and that they were all immature and that, you know, it's, they grow out of it, basically. Um, 
And then we have April. And they're basically um, allegations against um, the member Nan and saying that she bullied um, Hyunju, a former member of April. And DSP basically has released a statement saying that Nan um, was not involved, that she did not, you know, do any of these things. Um, former DSP staff are saying that uh, it's true that um, that they did not get along, Hunju and Nan, but there was no physical bullying or ostracizing. And the hairstylist actually blamed Hyunju for ruining the group's promos. Uh, so basically, there's also been, as well, I've seen some questioning about Card's Soman. Um, questioning if she was also involved in the bullying since she was formerly in April. Um, since there has been questioning about whether the other girls bullied um, Han Hyunju as well. Uh, her sibling actually made a post on social media basically saying that this has been happening to her. This happened to her for a long time and that she dealt with a lot of abuse from the members. So any thoughts on all of this? <laughs> uh just to just to put things in perspective, I'm laughing because of something that one of the I think it was Kihan, um, what Starship said with regard to Kihan saying that he's reflected on his past. I just I just that is so vague. Like you're just generally reflecting on things that happen in the past in your life like that's just so that's what? That's, what they, that's what they do when they get in trouble like i'm going off to reflect like that does anything oh or me that's a hot mess like you're basically confirming that yes you are guilty and you did that um in the words of 50 cent who i don't quote often for good reason but yeah i mean come on come on now I can't get into all the you know different various scandals we'd be here forever but I, I want to say I want to focus in on a couple of them and then kind of say something overall so the I, I want to say with the Mingyu one I don't know if you mentioned it but there seems to be a little bit of pushback on that um, and some of the allegations have been disputed like the allegation against a disabled student allegedly was disputed uh, did you mention that I, I do not think that was in my notes no so, okay. Yeah. yeah um, um, Pledis came out and said that they contacted the student's mom, which, okay, I have to say some of this stuff is so unrealistic to me. Like, like, could you imagine if like, I don't know, like Columbia Records contacted Beyonce's fifth grade classmates mom and asked them, did Beyonce bully her? Like, I just, it's just so weird to me. Like, it's such a strange concept to me, but um, 
I think that, you know, that that particular one has been disputed for Mingyu. So I don't know if that's the case. Um, and then apparently the uh, there was with the allegations revolving him uh, inappropriately touching a female classmate. Those are currently being disputed. That being said, there's not been any confirmation specifically on that one. And according to Pledis, they're still looking into it, which it's always so weird to me when companies are like, we're looking into the situation. Like they're doing their own internal. It's like how we talk about the police investigating the police. Like, what are they going to do? Just like flat out just be like yeah he did it he guilty as fuck like they're not gonna do do that so they're gonna do whatever they can to protect their idol um and so yeah i just want to clarify that that particular situation i know there were you know there was some pushback so just in case anybody comes in the comment section and be like you guys are spreading you know misinformation or whatever we're not trying to we just there's definitely, you know, some things where we are not necessarily aware of everything. So we try to be, and if we, um, there's something that, you know, we may not have the whole story, um, just because of timing or whatever, please feel free to update us in a very polite way. Of course we were, we ask, um, but we are definitely open to being, you know, updated on the, the newest, uh, information. Um, with regards to, um, the n- n- April, bullying that is extremely insidious to me for the reason of uh i mean all of them are insidious but i think that one is for the specific reason of like it being within the group and like just imagining having to be her hyunju and living through this situation and also you know i want to say too um naya nan some of those claims about or like those text messages that were leaked where she was um saying you know do you want to be raped too like by this particular person i was like uh what like so you're just a trash human being like that's that's like what i felt when i saw it um i think that situation i don't know it's so complex because it's like (sighs) There's the bullying and then there's just like people just generally being an extra level. Okay, I'm not saying that bullies are not already garbage, right? I'm saying that like to me there's a difference between somebody who's like when they're 12 or 13 years old and they, you know have done some regrettable things and then somebody like being an adult and they say and they continue to do these horrible things they don't apologize and they continue to be trash like I think there's a difference there um yeah there's just there's literally so many scandals I like oh my goodness I don't even know how to touch on it but I do want to kind of zoom out from like the specifics uh the specific situations and I want to say um that there seems to be a really serious problem of bullying um, in, you know, school bullying, I should say, in South Korea. Obviously, this can be a problem anywhere. I just want to, obviously, we're a K-pop podcast. So I want to just kind of talk about it from, you know, it being South Korea specifically. Um, you know, in South Korea, there's like the idea or the concept of like Ijin, like these people who are like, career bullies if you will like at school it's like almost a cartoonish level of bullying those people who you see on tv that you know at least you know growing up when i saw bullying or you know people experiencing bullying um 
it never seemed the way that it did on TV where people were like giving people swirlies and like, you know, meeting them, you know, after like in the back alley with their whole gang of like cronies and other school bullies and literally taking your lunch money like I, I, bullying was always more of a like, let's just demoralize this person and break them down mentally. It, it never really kind of, don't get me wrong, it's bad, but I, I just think it was very different from what you see on TV. Whereas the way I understand a lot of these situations, particularly the way people were describing the Mingyu situation, is like, this guy's a career bully and he's known as the school bully. And Ijin, for those who don't know, is like, um, is basically like a delinquent Thug. like at school and it i'm uh, sorry thug? yeah a thug exactly um and it quite literally people <laughs> characterize these people as being like good at fighting y'all know <laughs> y'all know how every school had like that one girl who always wore baby fat jackets who probably could fight like that's how i imagine the like itching except for they actually act on it all the time with people who you know don't necessarily deserve it um okay i shouldn't say deserve people who have not like provoked that person right um so it, the fact that there's like this whole subculture around it makes me feel like what is happening in Korean schools to where like, how are we disciplining kids? And like, how are we trying to control this if at all? Because it seems like, especially with like, for example, Hyunjin, his teacher coming up and taking up for him. It just seems like to me, administration, administrators, teachers, they don't really care. Or if they care, they don't have a means to like, stop it and I, I think that's very dangerous and I'm not saying that's not the case in other countries I'm just saying you know in general what like how is this allowed to happen um it continue to happen to the point where you got people you know you hear all the time about people like committing suicide I know recently um and this is not South Korea it's Japan but recently um I was reading a story about a volleyball player, a Japanese volleyball player who committed suicide because his coach was basically bullying him. And this seems to be like a really common theme uh, in in both Japan and South Korea, actually. Um, and, and it just makes you wonder, like, what type of support systems are in place for victims of bullying, if any? And, you know, what type of reforms need to be in place to, to stop this? Like, the, it, to me, it's kind of this is mind-blowing to me like i'm sure that there were a lot of western celebrities that were bullies in in school like i mean I'm, I'm sure there have to have been right i just it's just interesting that i've never heard like this type of like this amount of scandals at this level and and I'm not saying it's because it doesn't happen. I'm just wondering if, if there's just a little bit more institutional support because of the way we view bullying. I think that maybe bullying may be viewed differently in different places. Um, like I said, I can only go off of like the limited knowledge that I have. And I'm not trying to say that it's all Korean people at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, and I can only go off of like, for example, how like those teachers, like that teacher in the Hyunjin situation kind of like took up for him. I don't know. It's just kind of strange to me and how it seems like a lot of administrators don't step in. So I don't know. I said a lot of stuff. There wasn't a real like guiding point. It was just like a bunch of thoughts that I had about this situation. Um, and I'm kind of curious about what you guys think, especially like the con the 
sort of bullying in Korean society and the concept of like Ijin and how that is kind of different from how we see bullying portrayed or how we see bullying kind of in our day-to-day lives, like, uh, or, you know, when we were in school. Right. So what do you, what do you think, Nat? Um, it's a lot. (laughs) I think that's my first thought when all of this stuff started to kick off was that literally like every day there was a new bullying, um, accusation and, you know, reports on alleged things that had happened, you know, in school, in groups and things like that. And I do like, I mean, I think we've already mentioned this before on the podcast. Like I, I definitely feel like when you're in an idol trainee program, um, that level of competition sometimes make it, makes it hard for people to get along in groups, especially in the beginning. And, you know, we've seen examples of it. So it's not even something like that. I'm just pulling out of, you know, thin air. We've seen examples of people just not getting along um, and being thrust into these groups and into these living situations and things like that. And still having to compete, you know, for ending ferry, for the center, for more lines, things like that. So it's like, I mean, the idol world, I think, is, is sort of built on people who are very competitive and and people who don't stop wanting to be the best and i mean if you're in a group of 12 you're in a group of what of five you're in a group of nine like you 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 know like you're competing against your members you know these could be your best friends but you're competing against them so when bullying scandals come up i'm not surprised because i feel like that's what you need that's you need some sort of competitive spirit in some way to to survive in that world um obviously not at the level that we're seeing it um you know where poor hyunju like her brother had to prove that you know she basically tried to commit suicide uh, you know during i think their tinkerbell era of april and you know how they basically just called her lazy and that was like the narrative that was going forward um even after they had known about the situation so it, it is unfortunate um i don't know most of this like, i don't know some of these people the people that I do know, I do think that they did it. I'll be very honest with you. <laughs> like when I heard some of these rumors coming, I was like, mm, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But also uh, there was an interesting thread about, from somebody who's actually Korean, uh, who was talking about specifically uh, how c- Korean culture is sort of built to be competitive, you know, with the honorific system and also, you know, with the school system and how everything's ranked. Like, I mean, we've all, I mean, I've watched dramas. I don't know which, if you guys have seen the dramas um, specifically that deal with high school students. And, you know, I, I just, people knowing that I ranked, uh, you know, 136 in my school, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know that, that is, that is another level. Okay. Like at least over here, if you're failing a class, you're failing a class, you know, uh, I, I would, I would have hated, I mean, I was a good student, so I probably would have been a lot (laughs) closer to the top, but I can just imagine that that kind of environment does breed, you know, things like bullying. It's, it's like really easy to do. Right. Um, because it is a competition, like your friends are your competition. Your parents are like, well, like, Mm -hmm. Like you meant, like what you mentioning, like honorific yeah. system specifically, like, I mean, of course, that's not necessarily competition, but it does breed a, like a, cast. a sort of mentality where if somebody's older than yeah. you, you feel like you literally cannot say anything towards them. And I, you actually see this very casually a lot with idols where like the, you know, the, 
the oldest will get mad or upset with the youngest or the younger ones if they don't um, show a certain level of deference to them. <laughs> and it's just like, is it that deep? Like, I understand that it's your culture, right? And and I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but every culture I feel can, there are things about every culture that may not necessarily be good for that culture. Like, you know, for I can just use an example from black culture, right? And specifically like black male hood, right? There's a lot of toxic ideas in black male culture that, you know, there's nothing wrong with pointing that out. And all I'm trying to say is like, you know, I understand that is a, is a centuries long institution, the honorific system. Um, but maybe the way we treat it is like we're I think people use it and abuse it in a sense like there's a difference between using it and it's just showing respect and then like being entitled because of that thinking that because you are older than somebody that gives you the right to treat them like garbage I see that a lot like or like those games where it's like and I'm I can only speak from like because I like a lot of boy groups, I can only speak from what I see with them, like where there's like, they play games where like the Machne or if they, if they play a game and like, if the Machne's win, they get to be the Youngs for a day. And like you, it's very telling how the Youngs treat the Machne's because the Machne's all of a sudden be like, Oh, go give me a glass of water. And then if the, and if like the Young tries to speak up, the Machne be like, Oh, shut up. Like, you know, just do it. Cause I told you to. And I'm like, that kind of shows you that maybe that's what their reality is like. I don't know. I think I just think you made an interesting point there. And that definitely requires um, more research and more exploration. Yeah. I think something we could definitely talk about in the future more so just because I'm not extremely well versed on the intricacies of the culture. And I don't want to, you know, make it seem like I'm just um, denouncing an entire culture when the reality is I'm just trying to say that maybe we need to examine how we maybe abuse some of the traditions that we have right we we don't use them for good reasons yeah and i mean just a sort of quick example here is just basically the way parents sometimes treat their children you know like um a lot of times parents are their children's first bullies for that reason because they feel like they're an adult they're always right they're nothing that they do is wrong and if you know, the kid is doing something that they don't like, they have a right to be abusive, you know, mentally, physically, you know, verbally and things like that. And they think they have a right to it because they're their parents. And so, I mean, there, there's definitely like, I'm not tying that obviously to the honorific system. Cause I mean, that is very vast, but I can see how, you know, allowing someone's age to dictate how they're allowed to treat you can be a problem. And I can see how that could also lead to bullying. Look at AOA. Um, you know, Jimin, I'm pretty sure was the leader of AOA and, um, the silence from the rest of the members while, you know, the actual bullying was happening could also have been due to that, you know? Um, and also to just look at the way companies treat idols when it's time to diet and things like that. Like we, I've seen like adults verbally shame, like female idols you know, for eating a piece of chicken, you know, instead of eating the salad that they have prepared for them. And so I, I just feel like whenever I hear about bullying in Korea, those are things that I think about. And that's why I'm not surprised whenever um, these things come up. And 
do I think everything is true? Every bullying, bullying allegation is true? No, I don't. I, I, do, I personally just don't even know these people. Uh, and there's a lot of misinformation going on on the internet. You know, fans are trying to bury the stories by like flooding tags and search results. So, I mean, it's really hard to get a, a handle on it. And I, I honestly don't think people really want to know the truth. People either want the dirt or they want to cover it up because that's their favorite. I feel like there's a very small amount of people who actually want justice and want the truth. I personally care more about the truth. I don't care like whose side it falls on. Um, I, I have like, like most of these fans and things like that. I mean, I really don't have any personal stake in there <laughs> in, in any of this, you know? Um, I just, I would really prefer it to be a rumor than a truth, but it is looking like the truth in a lot of these cases. And that is very unfortunate. And I mean, I don't think any of these people are going to get as, as bad as Tiara did, which is a shame because that was actually like completely false. But um, it looks like in some cases, people will just like take a break to reflect and they'll write that letter like Chen Yo wrote, you know, when he, <laughs> he let people know he was listing. Um, basically, you know, I will reflect on my past. I'm apologizing for this unspecific thing at this unspecific time. Thank you for loving me a long time. I will continue to make you proud. Okay. <laughs> like they're just, I, I, I just feel like it's going to be like one of those joke letters eventually. I mean, you're already seeing it. Like they've met with the, uh, the victim and you know, they've come to an agreement. Like what? What like what agreement are you? When I saw like, when I saw that Pledis said they met with the victim's mom of Mingyu's alleged like bullying, I was like, how did you track this woman down? Like that is just so weird to me. Yeah, no, the whole thing is is a bit insane, and it's hard to follow. There's so much going on. Uh, it is just unfortunate. I I really wish that everybody would be more focused on you know the victims in the cases that there are victims and also just like in what they can do to make this less of a problem. Cause clearly it is a, it is a problem. It is, it's not like people are just like yeah, they're bullies, they're bullies. No, though, there's an actual problem here that needs to be. Solved. Yeah. It's not isolated incidents. Exactly. This is probably like, I've heard about more bullying scandals in K-pop than literally any other kind of scandal. You know, like for real the crazy thing is like, in K dramas, when I like the first drama I ever watched was Boys Over Flower, and the first scene is like somebody. I think they, I don't know if they actually committed suicide or they were thinking of committing suicide, all because they were being bullied. And I was like, "That's extreme. Does that really happen?" And then the more that I like immerse myself in Korean culture, like in terms of like consume the consumption of Korean culture, the more I realized that that was actually a thing. Like these, ex and, and it's not to say that we don't have bullies over here. We have bullies. Okay, like we do have bullies and you know there are a lot of very tragic stories about children who commit suicide because they're being bullied and and you know who who have mental um issues and things like that due to you know the bullying that happened so i'm not saying it's like isolated to korea but i think the reaction is very isolated to korea in in like as i said the clear the searches the absolute denial the throw everything on the internet to <laughs> figure like i mean I, i'm that's that's kind of like what i see in terms of like western things like um if, if you find out somebody's a bully everyone's like yeah that's not surprising like you know i think there's a there's an idea that a lot of creatives are assholes and because but because the product is good people over here are willing to like overlook it and um yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's the fundamental the, that's difference. The difference between the two. Um, so I mean, like, we all have bullies. I think it's just like, 
what we're talking about here is the fan reaction, I think, and like the Twitter specific reaction, which is pretty wild. Um, and so I, I just really want people to focus on the truth, regardless of if your fave is included or not, because that's not what's important. What's important is if there's a victim and how to get that victim into a place where they're, they're better, you know, because clearly they're not, if they're speaking out on these things, you know, and, and you're hearing these stories about like suicide attempts and like, you know, all this other stuff that's going on, like clearly they're not, they're not in a good place. And that is where the empathy should should land. It shouldn't be with your idol who has to sit out the next, you know, um, comeback. It it should be with with the the alleged victim or the victim and and sort of like figuring that out. So that's kind of where I land on this whole situation. It's a lot. It's it's just it's actually a bit too much. I just want like dating scandals and like just you know carefree drama. That's what I like. Frivolous drama like. that has no victim. Yeah, I don't want. This I, I I really could do without for the most part. So yeah. Reaction from international fans to the article about Hunjin's teacher commenting on the scandal, um, a lot of them were promoting the article on social media, um saying please click, react, recommend, share, please recommend it and then stay on the page to make it trend. Let's do this for our Hunjin. Um, and then there's uh, an article about Naver that was translating these responses. Um, and the Korean response to this article was uh, pretty cynical. Um saying things like do they think the public sentiment is going to change just because they're getting likes anyways they're working hard over something useless like singer like fans i can understand why they are liking it because they like this kind of kid um they are over once this reaches the main page this group and their fans are not developing at all they are kids who are like a group who lost their conscience. Um, two comments calling them roaches, but he's saying, ah, I roaches are playing excitedly, but he's already over in Korea. Um, okay, let these people take him away. Make sure he doesn't promote in Korea anymore. If this article goes to the main page, it's all over. I roaches, you're too kind. So I have to say, <laughs> I just want to say a couple of notes about this and I'm be done. Firstly, I have to say like, it is, I don't under like the fact that they specifically targeted like the Korean article to really what you're doing is you're boosting it. The more attention you're giving it, you're boosting it. Right. So that's number one. Number two, I have to say, you know, I hate to admit it, but Knets are right. What is liking the article going to do to it? Like it's it's going to give it more attention, but it's not going to make me look at him any more favorably. And then on top of that, like I just it's a very, very weird like it's a weird behavior that your instinct is to boost this one person saying 
something opposite from the narrative. There's something that you want to hear. They're given a narrative that you want to hear. I don't know. I, that We talk about that a lot on the show, and I, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'll just say it's just doing too much. But I do want to comment. Why do K-Nets feel so comfortable calling international fans roaches? Like, for real. Like, I think that's, like, maybe... <laughs> Okay, you can say that that's being, you know, sensitive or whatever. I just think it's just like that's such a weird thing to be comfortable with calling other people like it. Okay, maybe I'm looking too deeply into it. But to me, it rings very much of it reeks of where I'm better than you. And you're just nothing but a roach and you're nasty. And obviously, like you know what the stays are doing with this is very roach like don't get me wrong but this is not the first time i've seen knets call i fans roaches over less you see what i'm saying like they do it over less and when you say i fans are roaches it's not like it's like you're targeting i don't know how to explain it basically you're just saying like everybody who's not korean is a roach you're including southeast asian people you're including black people you you know what i mean like and i'm not saying it's okay to call anybody a roach necessarily who's not displaying roach-like behavior i'm just saying that like that rubs me really the wrong way and i just wanted to see if i was the only person who thought that that's like kind of uncomfortable like to just group an entire class of people just because they don't belong to your race as roaches I don't know what you guys think. Am I reading too deeply into it or is that kind of weird? I just think it's funny that a couple of days ago they were talking about xenophobia and racism against Asians, you know, with the whole coronavirus, the Chinese virus and, you know, things like that. And then they quickly turned around and started calling anybody who wasn't them a roach. I don't know. I just feel like that kind of inconsistent energy is just, it's funny. Um, (laughs) so I, I mean, I get, I understand what they're saying and I do agree. Like, you know how I feel about clearing searches and all that stupid stuff. I just like, if it's not the truth, like if you're not aiming to find the truth, then I don't care. Um, but also like, I put in the energy that you give me. I, I'm very much that kind of person. I don't care if it's petty or not, but that's the, the energy that I give. So, you know, when I see things like that, I'm less likely to be like, oh, you know, like, I, I think twice when I see something that I don't agree with um, against specific types of people, because I remember these things. I remember being called an eye roach. You know, I mean, obviously they're not talking about me because I'm not doing this foolishness, but the fact that they're easily able to sort of like, um, you know, come for Laura Jean and call international fans I roaches and, you know, the xenophobia and, that they definitely, ex- you know, um, perform. I don't know. It, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's like you were so quick to cancel Sam Okiri, you know, uh, but, you know, when people point out and and he basically just said don't do blackface don't 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 do it that's that's basically what he said and he was right to say it uh but then you turned around and you continue to um be disrespectful and i mean obviously it's just you know people online and people online tend to be terrible so you know it's not all of korea it's not every single netizen or anything like that but i've seen it 
so many times that it's hard not to think that that's how people sort of feel towards international fans, you know? So it is unfortunate. Um, uh, I, I saw it and I was just like, I wrote jizz, really like in 2021, like really, um, I mean, it's funny because the iroaches are the ones who have bts performing and and you know being nominated for a grammy and that's great girl stop that's girl great. stop you ain't had to do it to but i'm just saying that's great but all of a sudden like oh we don't want we don't like what you're doing so now here's a derogatory term like you know come on think a little bit more you ain't had to do it to but i will say in terms of <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the bullying scandal one only one, like a couple of cute things that I'd seen come out of this were like other idols, like teachers and stuff coming out and being like, yeah, no, this person was like, like JB's, I don't know if it's a teacher or there's a fellow student was like, huh, no, not any way she could promote gossip. And, but even she even, even if she gets cute, I don't know if it's, you know, his teacher was like, yeah, he, he stood up for students, you know, at the school when, you know, who was being bullied and stuff like that. So I do like that now we're getting positive stories about idols just you know being good guys and just being you know not pieces of shit so <laughs> i i kind of like that yeah i that like angle. the cute stories. i like that angle that came out and also listen to encore since we're on that but anyways um that's all i have to say about that subject yeah cool what's next child do we have to talk about this <laughs> So, speaking of uh, spotlighting causes, BTOB's Piniel uh, recently um, used his social media to bring attention to the increase in attacks on Asian Americans um, in recent weeks. Uh, this has been an issue basically since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic due to certain people blaming China for the outbreak and leading to people being racist against anybody that basically just looks Asian and, you know, blaming them for the onset of COVID-19. Um, Peniel posted on his social media um, a message that said, Asians must be included in our anti-racism. And so far, he's the only K-pop star that has spoken out about it, but it has become an issue, um, especially older Asian um, Asian uh, Americans or Asians living in America um, have been targeted, um, have been attacked. Um, some people have been reportedly been murdered, have been threatened. And it's, you know, some people are saying that it's not getting enough coverage in the mainstream media. Um, so people are really trying to attract attention to the issue on social media to get people to kind of just understand that uh, what, you know, the violence that's going on and it's, it's pretty sad. Um, and obviously scary for those people that have to worry about their parents or 
just worrying in general. Um, I remember hearing when COVID-19 first started that this was a thing. Um, you know, the people in Chinatown stopped going to Chinatown and that there were some cases, you know, there of, you know, racist incidents and things like that. Um, some violence happening, but it seems like it's happening more now uh, than has, you know, for some reason, you know, I don't know if it's just the racists getting their hackles up and deciding that this is part of their take America back thing or what, but um, yeah, uh, kudos to Peniel for promoting this whole thing. What do you guys think about Peniel or about the whole issue with Asian Americans being attacked? If you want to go there. <laughs> um, well, I feel like that tied in quite well with our last um, discussion <laughs> in some ways. Uh, okay. So when, you know, on record, racism, xenophobia, sexism, misogyny, like there's no room for it. Transphobia. There's no room for it. There's, there's just like, for me, that's, that's it. I don't, I don't care who you are. I just don't like it. And, you know, throughout this year, because now it is March and our lockdown in Toronto started last March. Um, I have had conversations with people that I love very much who, you know, had a lot of very um, not nice things to say about China and Chinese people. And I had to, you know, set this record straight, you know, like just because, you know, something originated in a place doesn't mean that uh, you can go around saying really mean and um, just nasty things about pe the people, you know, um, I'm all about calling a bitch a bitch and, you know, calling a jerk a jerk. You, you know, anybody who knows me knows that, but I just don't feel like classifying an entire group of people, <laughs> you know, something based on, you know, xenophobia and stereotypes and things like that. I just don't think that's right. And I think that there's always room for nuanced conversations about it. And I think that that is what I really like about what we do here because we have nuanced conversations and, you know, we don't like, we don't always agree or like with each other or with netizens or with international fans, but we always have, we're always open to having a, a good faith discussion about these things. And so I don't like, I feel really bad for people who was like, yeah, my parents can't, you know, leave their restaurant because they're afraid to, they're going to get, you know, jumped or something like that. Like that, especially like when it comes to older people, I, I really don't like that. And I don't like hearing that. And I do feel bad because it's a lot of like just innocent people who just go about their day, living their lives and not bothering anybody. Those are the ones who usually bear the brunt of these situations. It's not the Chinese government who tried to, you know, hide the fact that they had this growing pandemic brewing you know like it's the chinese government is fine they're doing okay it's like the doctor who you know was a whistleblower who ended up dying from it those are the people who are usually affected by these things and that's why you know i don't like it, it really does rub me the wrong way i'm happy that peniel speaking on it eric nam has also been speaking on it um he actually put out a tweet about it and I think it's like hashtag stop Asian hate. I mean, I'm going to like definitely verify that to make sure that I have that right. Cause it would be kind of bad if I didn't. Um, and I, I think that's like an initiative 
that it's like a GoFundMe initiative and it's like hashtag stop Asian hate. And basically it says a horrific and heartbreaking surge in violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders is happening across the U.S. Together, it it is our responsibility to condemn hate and create lasting social change. To support, GoFundMe has verified several fundraisers to help uplift and protect individuals, families, and businesses in our community. Um, So I, you know, support that 100%. And I do feel like, you know, we should basically just, you know, think about the things that we say. I, I know, understand sometimes there are some knee-jerk reactions to things, especially um, when you hear certain rhetoric being, you know, promoted by, you know, people in power, like a president. <laughs> uh, but just be better is kind of the idea. And then I do want to say on the, you know, to touch into, you know, a lot of the other things that we're seeing, it's not just there, um, you know, the, the whole Germany radio station thing. I mean, racism is wrong. Please don't do it. Um, I will say that um, I personally um, support the initiative, of course, but, um, you know, there is a, a lot to be said about um if plc solidarity exists and if that's a thing um and also about anti-blackness in the asian community and i think that that may also be coloring you know some of the responses and i'm not here to say if it's justified or not justified because there's certain things that i personally just don't feel comfortable speaking out on um based on the the reactions that I saw specifically last year during the Black Lives Matter movement with George Floyd and what I saw a lot of fans specifically saying that the idols did not have to say um, when it came to whether or not Black Lives Mattered. And so um, I am definitely, you know, on the position that good people should not be vilified because of their race or gender or sexual orientation or income or anything like that. Um, but I also, I mean, like I live in the world and the world is not black and white. There's a lot of grays and there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of lived experience. And there's a lot of things that I see, um, you know, in person, online, things like that, that have also colored, you know, my personal reaction to a lot of things. So, I mean, I'm just going to say here that, like, support the initiative. Um, Eric Nam's a good guy. Um, and uh, I would definitely, you know, put my support behind what he's doing. But um, I think that's kind of <laughs> about it for me <laughs> on that topic for, for right now, because I think that it is definitely something that should be a minisode and it's definitely something that has a lot more nuance and a lot more um a lot more points of views and perspectives and I think that we it's something that we could discuss for an hour two hours days weeks months and there still would not be really like a resolution but it's definitely something worth discussing because I think we tried to do that last year (laughs) Uh, and it kind of did not work. So, um, I'm definitely open for that to be a mini. So let us know guys, how you guys feel about it. And, you know, 
I I welcome any sort of conflicted opinions. I welcome even just criticism. I I really welcome everything. I don't really like I'm I'm not someone who's gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not somebody who's gonna like just say what people want to hear. Uh, I can only like speak for myself, but it is a very loaded topic. And I know that I've seen people sort of not like, or sort of be unsure of how they feel and how they should go about discussing it and, and, you know, supporting certain initiatives because, you know, once again, the energy you put out is the energy you get back. And so it, it can be a little bit confusing, I think. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely very loaded. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, they're speaking out. I'm happy that Pinel is speaking out. You know, I'm happy that Eric Namer speaking out is speaking out. I'm not surprised as those two that are speaking out, to be quite honest, uh, just because it's very much in line with their brand and, and consistent behavior from the two of them. Uh, they're actually like some of the few idols that I actually do respect. So I'm not surprised to see that. And uh, yeah, check out Eric Nam's Instagram because that's where he has the information for Stop Asian Hate. Do you guys have anything to add or say? That was pretty succinct. So let's move on to our last. Oh, no, we have one more before our last. Um, well, this is this is more of a shout out. A shout out to uh, Brave Girls for I think they're calling it the EXIDification or exitification because of like what happened with EXID and Honey's um, uh, fan cam which basically mm-hmm. brought them to fame. Uh, so, <laughs> so like Brave Girls Roland dropped like in 2017, I think. Um, I'll be honest. I never really liked the song, <laughs> but I um, do. I think it is a classic. Yeah, no, there's definitely like a, a lot of people that I know who really liked it. I just never liked it. Uh, but basically there was like a compilation video that went on YouTube and it ha- amassed over a million views. And now it's like, basically sh- it's been shooting up the chart. It's been number one on, I think, Bugs or something like that. And it continues to chart very, very well. So, I mean, that is just another example that fan bases can manipulate the charts all they want, but good music, you know, it it will always find its way into the sun, you know, <laughs> it will always find its place. Uh, so I, I, I mean, brave girls were never like a top group. So I think that's really good that they have this in, in their legacy. They're not going to be like completely forgotten, you know, in the grand scheme yeah. of things. So that's, that's dope. And I thought that was like a good thing, you know, shout out to brave girls. Yay. Yeah. Justice for Roland. It deserves. Now, I'm assuming this is this just a shiny, like, you know, fan session, <laughs> shiny being ending fairies. Um, is this just kind of fangirling over shiny? No, it's like like a conscious effort on behalf of the shiny members to exaggerate their endings in the same way uh, as many groups do. Uh, Because, you know, like the whole thing about the ending fairies and like when you put the camera on them, they're like breathing all heavy and like they're being super dramatic. And (laughs) and so like he started doing it and it was so funny. And then like 
Onu kind of did his thing and Minho did his thing and it was just really funny and I thought it was cute. And uh, I think uh, we could talk about this uh, shiny is cute propaganda. That <laughs> this it, it, is. This propaganda. is propaganda. It's true. They are cute. I mean, everything about shiny is true. Personally, uh, <laughs> my favorite ending story <laughs> is is Minho with those like little um, pieces of paper or whatever that uh, and like sticking it to his face and. <laughs> he just being extra minnow and that that handkerchief is also kind of funny but yeah yes shiny just continues to win our hearts you know and, it, and they they don't need to fake it they just are that spectacular i know i don't it, like I, I just wonder what gave key the idea to like oh shoot the camera's on me let me like be extra for no reason like i just think it's so funny well i do think he's like very purposely mocking the ending fairies yeah, i do think the whole idea of ending fairies has sort of risen in popularity recently like i mean we always kind of had an idea of what it is in second gen but i feel like fourth gen specifically is like made it this thing like who's gonna be the ending fairy who's gonna be like and they'll have fan cams of all the best you know of like especially if your favorites is visual because they usually are the ending fairies like all the best ending fairy moments that they've done so he probably saw this was like what the hell and he was like because he's the one who got started okay <laughs> uh but <laughs> yes i do think that's really what it was and then you know they're all they all share one brain so it was very easy for everybody yes. to get on track and so that's where I think that this really did come from. And I cannot wait to see Taemin's. Like, I feel like that's, Me either. that's one of the best ones. So I'm excited. Oh, I just love Shiny. And I'm so happy. It's like they, they have a way of bringing levity in these trying times, if you will. So... Oh, yeah. awesome I just want to I thought this was like a, just a cute way to end it since you know the ending fairy the last topic <laughs> so. I personally think that like, <laughs> yes. Super M was is kind of along those lines as well too just like fun groups who are out here to make good music and be cute and, and funny and like whatever did you see Super M um, reacting to Don't Call Me yes Remember, we reacted to the don't super. We, we reacted to don't call. Yeah, me. we reacted, but they ha and we talked about super M. Yeah. Oh, do we talk about it then? Okay. Well, I just thought it was like yeah because we because you heard, oh, yeah 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 we got that, yeah yeah which is available on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can cut yeah. it. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'm happy that we ended on this because there are a lot of um, very loaded topics today. Um, but I'm very happy that we ended yes. it with shiny, as you know, they are the ending fairies. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, any shout outs? Yes, I would love to shout out to shiny because, of course, like number one all the time in my heart on the charts that rhymed wasn't on purpose uh i love to see it i love to see them they just to see them back and just having fun and smiling is just so great um shout out to um i literally lost my train of thought again oh my oh yes shout out to two by two um They've been coming out with some funny stuff lately, making me laugh lately, and that's some much needed levity. 
Um, I don't know if I have any specific shout outs. Shout out to Model Yeonjun. He actually did really well in his New York Fashion Week shoot. And he looked really nice, really handsome. Um, Y'all, why can't I think of anybody else? Do I just not like anybody else? I guess I don't. Well, sucks to suck. Matt? (laughs) I'm sorry. Your last question was just like, do I not like anybody else? I just... (laughs) It was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Shiny for, you know, yes. bringing back music in a lot of ways. Shout out to On F or One F or, or On F or ONF. I don't know. For their first, I thought it was ONF. Is, is it just like, is it like CIX and not six? It's ONF. Okay. Um, so yeah, congrats to them. They got their first win and like a first win is a first win. And I actually really do, re- I do enjoy seeing groups get their first win. Cause it's, you know, it is a big moment and it also changes like how you get paid in Korea for your, for promotions. And like, it's kind you- of like winning an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm really happy for them. I really did wish that Dreamcatcher would have gotten their first win by now, but they have not. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but congrats to them. Uh, shout out to GOT7. Continue to be you. Um, and I'm very happy that they did, that they are signed out to Warner Music Korea. Uh, because, you know, we did talk about that being an option, like signing to like an American or international subsidiary, but like through the Korean branch. That was something that we did mention on the that first one of our first episodes this year so it's good that they listened and they have gone that route and uh i think oh shout out to the black into k-pop collective uh we are now in march so it, it our our black history month um sort of uh promotional schedule is done but it's going to continue and there's a newsletter that you can find um, on our Twitter. And I'll also make sure to maybe link it with this when this comes out. And that's going to be basically like a focus on all of the podcasts in the collective, us included, obviously. And, uh, you know, you get to know a little bit more about us and, and about our work. And, you know, we would love for you to sign up for the newsletter and support us in any way that you can uh, shout out to our patrons. Obviously, you know, we are constantly thinking of ways to put more content on Patreon and to get, you know, um, more conversation, more unique perspectives, more albums to enjoy. And, you know, we appreciate you. If you don't know, if you didn't know we have a Patreon, now you know. <laughs> uh, so I would definitely say that it's worth, you know, signing up for it because we put a lot of work into it. So, and shout out to us for a fun show. Ash? Uh, shout out to Brave Girls, of course. Roland is finally getting some justice and that's wonderful to see. And I would like to give a shout out to Nat and Jimin you two are doing an awesome job on the Patreon 
And honestly, it wouldn't be there without you guys. So thanks for doing such a good job. Thank you. Aww. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember like in school? Do you remember the school that used to tell you to pat yourself on the back? Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Any other comments? Any anything else you guys have? Oh wait. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot the shout out. Shout outs to Chad Aaron Girl. Shout outs. We love to see it. He got the squad now. Uh, spoilers for Tackle Titan season four, episode 12, 11. It was either 11 or 12. I forgot. But um, just in case, <laughs> he's got a squad now that are going to worship him, even though he doesn't deserve it. And um, yeah, I'm ready to see him like get in back into the streets and tear up some stuff and some folk and find his brother. So mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, last shout out. <laughs> shout out to Jay Park, who won Artist of the Year. We love to have you on the podcast. No, we can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> we love to have you on the podcast. So, yeah. Jay Park has some very questionable and sketchy stuff. The more I research him, the more I'm like, why do we even give this man like any attention? Really? <laughs> to be honest. I but like, that's neither here nor there. I feel there. like he's gotten better. I feel like he's shown some growth in the last like year and a half, two years. I do feel that way. I mean, I'm, I'm not also, I also don't keep up with him. So maybe he has like completely you know, did something really, really bad. And I just don't know about it. But from what I'd seen, he seemed like he was, you know, on the path of righteous. So who knows? Okay. Yeah. That was fun. That was, that's it. Oh, wait, no, we got to tell them where they can find us. Did we already do that? (laughs) No, we didn't. (laughs) Uh, Oh, we did it backwards. Yes, so you um, can obviously find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods, Podchaser, basically anywhere, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can contact us at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. Um, feel free to drop us a line, you know, ask us a question, yell at us, whatever you want to do. Also, we are on social media um, at Nyan Edizens on Twitter. We are also um, on Facebook at Not Your Average Netizens, on Instagram at Not Your Average Netizens, and as well as that, we are also on YouTube with Not Your Average Netizens. And I think that is it. We also have a website, uh, which the link to it is in our Twitter profile because I can't think of the address right now. But the link to it is in our Twitter profile and it's also on our SoundCloud as well. So um, I think I think that's it. Bye. All right, bye. Bye, everyone.